Hey, good morning. Welcome to all of you who live in the great state of Florida. You're listening to The Stand Podcast, a podcast where we discuss issues and politics that affect you and I, citizens of Florida at the county level. My name is Chance Jamire, and I'm your host. So don't hit that stop button, stay tuned, and we'll be right back with you. Good morning. Welcome to the Stand Podcast, where we talk about things that affect Florida citizens and how citizen activism affects good government. This morning, we have with us Indian River News founder, Ryan Blade. Ryan, how are you this morning? I'm doing a good chance yourself. I'm doing well. I'm working on like my third cup of coffee. It's one of those mornings. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, just up, ready, you know, focused for the day. It's interesting because I had a bit of a late start to my day because this is August 9th, 2022, when we're recording this. And last night was, you know, when we got news of the of the President Trump raid, even though, you know, the raid on Mar-a-Lago, even though I'm just a local news publication, it is a conservative news outlet. So I have a thing on there for President Trump, you know, because as I expand my my publication. I want to be able to have some national coverage in there, including things that are relevant to Indian River County, Florida residents. And I was up fairly late till about one thirty, having to cover and alive update my story. Something I've actually never done before. It's the first time I've ever done this with you know the, the timestamps. And I had to go and put information about this raid and comments from various elect you know various people, elected officials that are relevant to any River County, Florida residents. So it's, 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 it's interesting. Some of the stuff you get to do with, uh, with news media it really is. Ryan, before we get started, would you uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. So my name is Ryan Blade. I am a resident of Indy River County, Florida, and I'm originally from Connecticut, actually, believe it or not. And, and I am a, you know, I'm, I've been Republican since I was 18 years old. I am currently 24, and I created this pu- local news publication called Indian River News. I filed to incorporate it in, in late, late October of last year, and I did that because I saw that there was a huge hole in the local news reporting in my county, and because I, I have a heavy political involvement. I'm actually vice president of my Young Republicans Club in my county, actually. we The club started a, about a year and a half ago, and it's been off through pretty safe growth. So it is, so it's called the Vero Beach Young Republicans, which is a separate story why we don't call it Indy River County Young Republicans. But the Vero Beach Young Republicans, I serve as its vice president, and that it is chartered under the Florida Federation of Young Republicans, which is subsequently affiliated with the Young Republicans National Federation, our national governing board. And I'm also involved with you know various groups like I work closely with my local mob celebrity chairman, and so and also too it's worth noting that my county is actually one of the two original moms for liberty counties, 
the other being Brevard County, because we have one co-founder that's from here in Indian River, which is Tiffany Justice, and Brevard County has the other co-founder, Tina Duskovich, both of which are former elected school members that each served one term from 2016 to 2020. So I saw this whole, though, because as I was advocating, you know, helping out the local mob celebrity chapter, because there was another group I was vice president of at the time, and I was using that because that person had actually um, – was one of the three that did the Sebastian Florida recall because we had to recall three people off our city council that were, were doing things that they really shouldn't have been doing. So that person after the 2020 election was stolen, one of the three people that had led the recall group, not, not one of the people on, that were recalled off the council, one of the three, uh, Bill Flynn, who led the bipartisan recall group, he ended up making this you know group just to get people together and involved. And I was vice president of that for a few months. So that's kind of how I got my starting the local politics. That's how I met uh, Jennifer Pippen, the Moms Liberty Chairman here in Indiana County. And I was seeing what these people were having to deal with. And, you know, as I was helping them out, so like, I even went to school meetings. I didn't even grow up around here. I moved here to Florida when I was 20 years old, right? Yeah. So as I'm, as I'm, you know, seeing all this stuff go on, I mean, we have hit pieces and stuff. Like one guy lost his job, that being John Carapi, co-host of TGI Now Podcast, which is a probably one of the, I would say one of the best local podcasts here in Indian River County, Florida. And they didn't have TGI now yet. It was just, you know, it was just John, you know, going and advocating because he's got a son in the school system. And, you know, this is last year, mind you, I'm seeing all this happen. And it's like, you know, basically he goes to speak out, says something we probably shouldn't have said on, on Facebook, but it was, you know, kind of funny now we look back on it. And unfortunately he loses his job. But of course now, you know, life's gone a lot better for him since, you know, interesting enough. But I see all these things happen. You know, Jennifer gets hit pieces put out about her and stuff by the local media. And it's like something has to be done. And I'm looking, I'm like, well, I'm doing so much politically that I'm at, I was at a crossroads at that point. It's like, do I go and do this other thing or do I monetize my political involvement? And I realized that that's what I needed to do. And I needed something that I know would help my community. And that's what I did with creating Indian River News was – to do just that, to help inform my community and give the conservatives in my county a voice because they at times would not be able to respond to what the local media would put against them. But now I have platformed the local conservatives in my county. And the funniest thing I have actually seen so far is the local Democrats and the left-leaning no-party affiliateds like to call my conservative news website a blog. I think it's really funny every single time when they do this, I, I really do. I think it's really funny every time they call it a blog. So it's like I have like the conservative news outlet and then you could put like, you know, it's like a little side note, the Democrats favorite blog because that's how they, they perceive my publication because I'm the conservative news outlet. Yeah, that's one of the rules for uh, Saul, Saul Alinsky rules for radicals about uh, criticizing uh, something like that. Um as you know, these crazy days, there's a flood of information pouring in on American citizens. And for the purpose of this podcast, Florida citizens, the famed broadcaster Edward R. Murrow said, the speed of communication is wondrous to behold. It is also true that speed can multiply the distribution of information that we know to be untrue. I personally believe that we are in an information war, a war of ideas, of competing visions, do you agree with that? Yes, I would say so. And I think it really comes down to having really good discernment that I think people need to make sure. And I, I even say this, you know, for people on the left and right, whichever 
from all walks of life need to have the discernment of what is fact and what is fiction. I think there are definitely people that are using media to manipulate things. And it's a huge problem. I mean, to me, I've found the right leaning media to be more trustworthy. I'm talking places like Daily Caller, Breibart, uh, National File. You know, those are the places that I consider to be trustworthy. Zero Hedge. You know, those are places I consider places like that I consider to be trustworthy. Are they perfect? Probably not. I'm, I'm, I'm even Indie River News is not perfect. You know, Indie River News is not where I even want it. You know, in terms of of local news coverage. And because I'm gonna have to get obviously more money pumped through it because I'm gonna have to eventually pay other journalists to cover other things that go on, but it's so, you know So right? as far as you're concerned, you're trying to bring a balance to the whole situation. Yeah, so what I'm basically yeah, to balance things out because in my county, pretty much all the publications are technically centrist, though I feel like two of them come off with at least a few of their columnists come off as center of left. So it's like it it almost like favors a little bit to some extent. I feel like the local media for the most part tends to favor the the left leaning viewpoint and not really give much room to the right leaning viewpoint. So it kind of skews things a little bit. So yeah, I am looking to definitely add a huge counterweight to these other publications because aside from me, it's just two other radio hosts, one of which I am affiliated with, which is uh which is Rep Palmer, who's interviewed two former presidents and the late Reverend Billy Graham. So, you know, it's aside from me, Rhett, and one other guy, it's there's nobody else right now in my county, and unless you want to count the TGI Now podcast and you, uh, Norman Grant's do podcast. You, do you feel that the uh, local news media represent the populace there? Uh, is the populace mostly uh, conservative, or is it more of a uh, progressive uh, type uh, populace? So my county, I, as a rough drill down, I don't have a – Actually, here, let me just look at the numbers real quick. This will take me like five seconds because there's an explanation I'll give about this because I want to make sure your listeners know as much as possible. I just got to go on my supervisor elections website, and I can give you a rough estimate of the registered voters. Okay, so in my county, we got 57,000 Republicans. There's 28,000 no-party affiliated and 30,000 Democrats, right? So I don't know where all those MPAs are. Some are right-leaning, some are left-leaning. So it's a fairly, on the surface, it's a fairly Republican county, except a lot, a lot of the Republicans I would say are Trump Republicans. There's some that are probably not so much Trump Republicans, but you know, there's probably some that agree with that, some that don't. But I would say that, yeah, it's a fairly conservative county, but it's it's still been surprising that with as conservative as Indian River is, that we did not have a right-leaning news source. Like Brevard County has Space Coast Daily. That's the right-leaning news source. My county, we didn't have a Space Coast Daily. So I'm effectively the Space Coast Daily of my county. So as far as Indian River News is concerned, uh, are you more interested in uh, giving a, a, a right uh, perspective or are you more interested in, in finding the truth and trying to present that in a balanced way? So – the way it works right now, because it's only just me, I've had a focus on elections news coverage, that whenever I report anything, I actually write it very neutral. Now, the editorial opinion section of my website, that is going to come from a right-leaning perspective. And people are welcome to criticize that, agree with it, whichever. Now, when it comes to covering like actual local news, like government meetings, I'm just reporting what happens. What happens at these meetings, you know, like say if I cover something like on Sebastian City Council, 
what happens with the agenda item I choose the I pick to cover, that's what happens. So I'm only looking to cover the things that are happening, not like put some weird spin on it or something. You know, I just look to pick what is happening and show people, hey, this is what's going on. Take it as you will. That's how I look to do my news coverage. So it's kind of like one American news with their daytime coverage, right? But when it comes to editorial opinion section, yeah, that's going to come from a from a conservative perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, I think gone are the days of Walter Cronkite. He always tried to just uh, present uh, the information out there and let those that were listening uh, draw their own conclusions. Our leaders use the media as a uh, tool of propaganda. We all know propaganda is almost always partisan and has a purpose. I think the right side and the left side are both guilty of that. But one of the things that I find frustrating and uh, one of the things that I wanted to put out on the Stand podcast is propaganda is not uh, some conspiracy stuff. If you go back into history, propaganda has been around for a long time. And then a paper pulled from Marxist.org titled Agitation and Propaganda. It is written, the worker newspaper or mainstream news, which I put in quotes, on the other hand, reach a broader audience. Their overall role is political exposure, and they contain mainly agitation articles along with some important propaganda. This is not a matter of division between talking down and highfalutin academics. It's aimed at moving struggle and consciousness forward. This is according to Mao Tse-sung. Do you feel, I mean, I feel pretty strongly that most of what's being put out on Main Street News, its purpose is agitation. Would you agree? Outside of, I would say, Fox News and Newsmax, I'm sure they even have their issues. I would say yes, but also, too, these guys are also business. This is one of the things I've learned again in the journalism, right? Because I've been starting to get to know some more experienced journalists. And one of the things I'm finding is that these guys are having to do things to make money. So it's like if people aren't interested, they're just not going to watch. And I think setting up 24-7 cable news stations, I think in a way was a mistake. Like if I didn't even renew 24-7, I don't think that'd be good for anybody if it was like a 24-7 news station that had that, right? I think the format I have of the online news articles, I think, you know, is, is very good. I do have some video interviews I've done, though I'm kind of shelving that for now just because – I want to focus on the writing and get more money through the door with the publication. But yeah, I think it's definitely, it definitely looked as like a propaganda thing because these guys are doing what they can to, in my view, to get the attention of viewers. Like I've, I got some short clips I put out from some forums, right. Of, you know, some of the candidates and the way I edited that was just to make it very short and to the point, just because I want to make sure I can keep the attention of the viewer and that they can also understand, hey, this is what's in this this video. And it's very straightforward. You know, like if I put something like of, you know, what for, former Sheriff Daryl Lorry's on County Commission, right? This is the clip I usually think of. It's the most viewed because I've boosted it a couple of times on Facebook. You know, he, he says, you know, said at a forum back in March that, hey, I'm for red flag laws. A lot of county residents have an issue with that. And my friend Joanne Benford, who's running against him, said, I'm opposed to red flag laws when asked the same question at the same forum. So I just put what Daryl, you know, what uh, Daryl Lohr said. I put what Joanne Binford said. And, I, and then I put at the end the call to action, which was, you know, vote Joanne Binford August 23rd, letting people know, hey, any revenue has endorsed Joanne because she's against red flag laws, even though it's just a county commission. But, you know, people get upset over those things. That's where I brought that to light. Now, as for, for propaganda, 
from these news people, yeah, they, they like I said, they probably do things just to keep people's attention, get clicks, ratings, so they can make they can at the end of the day make money and keep their media operation afloat. I definitely think money is an issue on it, but when I take and I, I try and look at this thing in a, in a broad view, when they put these uh, articles of agitation out there, they're looking to create a response within the within the public, within the public eye. And I think about the Hegelian dialect, create a problem, offer a solution. And when you create the problem and can offer the solution, you can move the people, move them towards the direction of a vision that you've you've created. In our case, for the state of Florida, uh, nationwide for, for the United States, that way they can begin to change policy, begin to change procedure because they've created the problem. People are upset about it. They want a solution. So then they offer the solution. It's not the solution we're looking for, but it is a solution that they're looking for. And I think I think it's used as a tool to move uh, the psyche of the people towards what I believe uh, is away a, a from what you and I might understand as a uh, solid American culture Towards a, towards a more socialist viewpoint. Yeah, I would say there's definitely people that are looking to push that, definitely even in the education system. And that's where I'm, you know, I'm a huge supporter of Moms for Liberty to make sure we can root that stuff out and just get kids high-quality education, which is one of the goals of that organization from, from what I've been told. But as for, yeah, as for the media thing, yeah, they're definitely trying to ram right through the, the socialism and socialism and communism. And it's not... It's not anything that would do anybody any justice. What was it, like over 100 million or something like that got got killed in in the last century because of communism. So something like that. Uh, you know, you had mentioned that uh, you were uh, you had connections with Jennifer Pippen. Jennifer is one of the uh, one of the activists that I hope to uh, be able to interview in the future. Maybe you can uh, connect us with that because there's a whole lot of whole lot of nonsense going on in the mainstream news about CRT and uh, uh, things going on in the education system, and and they're trying to paint it off as not being real. So I hope to talk with her. She's more versed in that subject uh, than I am, and we we'll be able to put that out. Oh yeah, and Jennifer has had. It's interesting. So she's like, it's mentioning you know, that the attacks on her, you know, I've had to publish a few things from her. Cause initially she just felt like part of how I get some of my stories actually is literally people post things on Facebook. I just like message them to a comment like, Hey, do you want me just to put this on any of our news? I will literally put whole Facebook posts on my website. Like I put posts from Jennifer on my website and I, I, cause she'll put like emojis, emojis, like literal emojis, right. On her website. And I literally put the emojis into my articles, right? So, but yeah, she has had the the volley of abuse, and that's where I've had to platform her specifically so she can respond to that. But if you want to have Jennifer on, I would say have her and her vice chairman, Chris Allen. Chris was actually on one of the vetting committees that, you know, was reviewing the books and stuff. Chris, I believe, pulled the most, you know, spotted the most critical race theory out of anybody on that committee. And this was a statewide committee. That so, sounds like that would be an interesting conver- conversation. Uh, recent, recently, uh, you and I both know that liberal activist George Soros recently bankrolled a group of high-profile Hispanic investors and in buying 18 radio stations across 10 cities in a $60 million deal. That deal serves a large part of our Latina network right here in Florida. What are your thoughts about this? 
In your opinion, do you believe the goal of George and most of the modern-day news media serves to move struggle and consciousness forward? I would say that George Soros is a huge problem. I know there was a a district attorney, well, here in the state of Florida, a state's attorney. So just something for reference real quick. So for for Chance's listeners, so your top prosecutor is in Florida, it's state's attorney. Other places, it's called district attorney. So here in Florida, we have state's attorneys for our circuit courts, right? And the one for Hillsborough County was actually suspended because they were, you know, basically doing various activism up, you know, went against Florida state law and Governor Santos was not having any of it. So that's where that happened. Now, as for as for Mr. Soros, yeah, I think that's a problem what he did because these guys here in the United States love going after minority communities and it's a huge problem, though. The mega irony is a lot of these Hispanics, you know, especially like in Palm Beach County, Miami-Dade have, you know, either they did or they have family members that fled communism, like fled Cuba and stuff. So it's it's a problem. And I think, you know, it's something that is a huge, huge issue. And you got guys like Soros trying to influence things. I think he put some like race being ed- editorial out recently, like literally like it was like some sort of like race baiting thing or something. I mean, like absolutely no sense at all whatsoever. I think it was published in the Wall Street Journal. And it's it's a problem. You know, these guys doing this. All they're looking to do is influence how these like you're saying, influence how these people think. No, that's exactly and what it's it a is. Problem. That's exactly yeah. what it is. And we're going to talk about George Soros and these state attorneys. You may or may not know that Chase Boudin was a. Uh, just recalled out in California in one of the liberal counties out there. And he San Francisco? Was, yeah, I believe so. And uh, he was one of uh, the George Soros cronies. So George Soros is not, you know, once again, he's not this conspiracy theory, pie in the sky type problem. You know, uh, we'll be talking about that more. The fact that uh, Victor Orban, the uh, Hungary uh, prime minister, threw him and all of his uh, all of his uh, businesses out of the uh, country of uh, Hungary uh, because he saw what George was doing. And we're we're going to have that we're going to have that discussion. We're going to talk about that in more detail uh, before we go. If there's someone out there that uh, kind of feels the same way that you do about their just not getting a good representation of the news. They feel that the news is biased. What would you say about them uh, starting an independent news business or something of that nature? I would say definitely go for it, though. I will say this much that things you want to have in your orbit, make sure you got a good accountant, have a good attorney, and you need to have liability insurance on your business. Okay, I've already had people try to target my publication with, with frivolous stuff, bully lawfare, right? It's when they try to, you know, run you run you into the ground with like legal fees and stuff, right? So, luckily for me, I have a lot of good people in my orbit. I don't want to go too far in details of what I have because it's best to say, uh, let the opposing side kind of wonder. But you know, make sure you got a good lawyer, good accountant, and make sure that you have your liability insurance now. Depending on what state you live, like I'm in Florida, right? We got some of the best corporate laws in the country. If your state's corporate laws are not the greatest, you may want to go looking at incorporating Delaware. That's where, you know, and talk to a, I think this is part where I got to say, you know, talk to an attorney, but like Florida, I just, I incorporate my thing here in Florida and you want to make sure to, I'd recommend getting probably a PO box. That's worth 
worth having. And if you're not, you don't have great development skills, web development, it it's very inexpensive. You're probably just going to need at most a couple thousand dollars if you want to pay somebody to build you a website. Because that was one mistake I did make. Because this is actually chance one about to say something. It's a very interesting detail that my friend's wife, she's a very good marketer, and I was talking to her about search engine optimization, see what she knew. And she told me to use the Yoast plugin on WordPress. See, my website does not run WordPress. And apparently, the New York Times actually uses WordPress, believe it or not. But they have, because WordPress is open source, right? It's an open source thing. So you can customize that UI to however which way you need to. And that's what the New York Times does. They they customize it to what they need it for. So maybe you might do something like that. It'd be a little bit costly if you don't know how to do all the coding stuff w3schools.com if you're really wanting to learn to have the time to learn all that you know the order that what you got to go in is learning html css javascript uh php sql because uh, just to explain all this too and this is important stuff chance to know how to structure your website right html is like the general thing of you know how to like you know like the general things where like you know the stuff goes right css makes your website look fancy javascript allows your site be animated php allows your website to run better with using a server and if you're not doing a cheap wordpress website you got to get a dedicated server so i don't want to uh, spill which uh, server host i use but just get a dedicated server it's mine costs me about a hundred dollars a month the one i use but it's it's worth it because my website runs super fast i have no issues with with running that and sql is the database code so that's how, like, if you go on my website, you can see all the stuff pop up. That's because I have an SQL database. You know, I use uh, the, the, the interface I use for that is called phpMyAdmin. And I use AA panel on my, my server. So that helps me, like, drop in files and stuff in my case. Because I unfortunately have to use Adobe Dreamweaver, actually, to put the, the files in, which kind of takes a little bit longer on getting the article set up. And I do need to eventually build a custom UI for my website. User interface is what UI stands for. So those are important things I think you need to know. Make sure, too, you got support from your community. And I actually use Subscribestar, believe it or not, which is similar to Patreon. And I got, you know, people give me just, you know, just to support my publication. Eventually, I am going to have some exclusive perks on there in due time, you know, for people. But for now, it's just people just giving out the good generosity of their hearts. And also, too, make sure you got something worked out for advertising. That's something that's very important that you have. And just make sure, you know, you get support for you know, from your local community, because without that support, I don't know if a publication would work or not. You can maybe do it as your own independent thing, but my publication, in my case, it helps because I have support for my my local community to back my publication. So those are those are some things that hopefully chance that can help your listeners restarting their own publication. Uh, that sounds like a good deal. Uh, if uh, folks want to uh, find you, find Indian River News, and and follow you, how how could they do that? So personally, my social media is at Ryan MC Blade across all socials. So the main social medias I use are Gab, Twitter, Instagram. Those are the, the main ones I use, uh, you know, for myself publicly. And then when it comes to Indian River News, across all platforms except Twitter, it's Indian at Indian River News. Twitter, somebody took the at Indian River News, so it's at IR News Twenty Five on Twitter. So if you want to find me and Indian River News, that's that's how you can do it. And I'm also uh, Indian River News is also on Telegram. That's uh, worthy note as well that we're we're also on Telegram. Well, that sounds good. Right now, uh, the Stan Podcast is working at banking uh, some podcasts as we put them together before we start to release them out to the public. 
As a last word, the purpose of the Stand podcast is to activate the citizens of every county to get involved in the actions of their local government. Our podcast will be distributed to the Recall Florida Network, which has grown into an almost statewide network. We still lack a few counties. I think at the current time, we have members from 64 counties. We have over 4,000 members, but we're working on that. What would you say to every citizen within the sound of your voice that would encourage them to step out, get involved in ensuring that their county officials are doing what they're elected to do, and to make their counties a better place to live and raise their children? So I got three things. Uh, so I'll, I'm running off books so I don't forget. So uh, reading Robert's Rules of Orders, a big one, relation, you know, building relations and understanding how your your local government is legally structured. So those are the, those are the three things, right? And Robert's Rules of Order is very important because that is how local government and other various meetings, that's how they're run. And I'm guessing the Democrat executive committees in each county use them. I know the Republican executive committee, they use them. I believe they use Robert's Rules. I don't know about the, the DECs, but I, I'd imagine they do because I'm sure they're probably fairly similar in structure. So you need to read that. I've been reading through some Robert's rules as I'm able to at this point in time as we're recording this. And it's very important that you know that, you know, know what's in that book because all that procedural stuff, it really comes in handy to understand how these meetings are ran. Now, you also want to read over your county charter. And if you're the live in a municipality, you have other, you know, I'm sure each county has a municipality that you need to read over those charters. It's like the constitution for for those, you know, for those like, you know, local governing entities, right? And you want to know all your elected stuff. Like my county, I have a special, this is on two chance that you might want to know about, right? Because there's special independent districts that are shared between counties. I know the only one I know of is because my county has it is the Spashion Inlet District, right? It manages the Spashion Inlet because it's like right on the border of Brevard and Indian River counties. So there's like three people from Brevard and two from Indian River that serve on that. So you want to, probably get familiar with that and then you know and i have like three other independent districts in my county right so by that i mean you know get familiar with your all your independent districts including those are multi-county and then you know you want to get familiar obviously with, with those things and make sure that you know about the florida state constitution that's that's a big one you know because that's that's the document says hey this is how we're gonna run florida and you know, so just understand how that generally is structured, but relations are important, right? So getting to know, you know, various people through your community and stuff. Uh, I, I don't want to name drop the person, you know, the, the few people, but there's a few folks I've met within the Republican Party that they're very good at building relations with people and allows them to get things done. Because that's a lot of how the Florida State Legislature functions is it's a lot of, you know, relations with, with different people. And, you know, building relations with various people, especially our government and stuff, getting to know people, I think it, it can help to move your case along. Because you'll be surprised as long as you have – that's something too, Chance. You got to put everything – if you want to bring something forward, make sure you fully understand it. Put something very cohesive but also generally comprehend – you know, generally understandable. You know, bring that – when you bring that forward, you want to meet with somebody, you know, that's something that – It'll allow you to get your point across, you know, and hopefully even get it changed on. You know, of course, the more citizens you have helping, I'm sure, as you know, Free Fall Florida, that that I'm sure helps massively. And also to get familiar with the Sunshine Law. So this applies to local local government, right? That 
basically, say if I'm on a city council, right? If something's about to come up for a vote outside of the meeting, I cannot go talk to another council member about that, or I'd be committing a sunshine violation. You know, the people that were recalled from the smash and recall in part went to jail because of sunshine violations. So, and usually it's like a fine typically, but they also went to jail too because of perjury. So that's, that's the other issue in that, in their specific case. But that's something that you want to be very familiar with. So like if you have an issue with something, I'd say just pick one council member, you know, or school board member and, and go talk to them, you know, and I will say too, by the way, is a worthy note that for those that don't like uh, partisan elections there in the state constitution, the education section, it's mandated that school board elections have to be nonpartisan. It's been that way since 1998. Well, that's definitely some information uh, that is uh, good for our listeners out there. I myself was just going through the uh, Florida constitution uh, yesterday reading uh uh, what pertain to uh, privacy and uh, some some other things in there as well. It's definitely important to educate yourself. One of the things that we need to do or understand as Florida citizens is that our voice is important. It's extremely important. And the more we get out there and we line the walls of our county commissioners, we might not have to say a word, but when 400 or 500 citizens come to a county commissioner meeting, some heads start to get raised and news agencies start to get notified and people start uh, start getting a, an idea that the citizens of Florida are tired with what's going on in our county government, in our municipalities, in our charter counties. And, you know, we have got to get involved. We've got to get involved. We've got to be a part of it. The concept of we the people is a uh, term of ownership, and that ownership uh, extends before the ballot box and it extends after the ballot box. This is our state. These are our counties, and it's time that we get those back. Ryan, we hope to have you on again. I want to have some. Uh, I want to have another conversation with you about that Roberts Rules of Order because my thoughts on that are a little bit different than yours. But I think it'll be uh, it'll be a good conversation. I've enjoyed this time uh, speaking with you. I hope you have a good day, and I wish you the most success for Indian River News. So that's it. Until next time, this is Chance Jamar, your host for the Stand Podcast. Have a good day. Thank you, Chance.